Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Christ Church at Grove Farm. We are thrilled to be a part of your spiritual journey and look forward to helping you discover God's plan for your life. To find more messages like this, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast feeds. To stay connected with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the handle CCGF01 and check out our website, ccgf.org, for all of this information and more. Now, here is this week's message, grace and peace to you. Good morning. What a joy, what an honor, what a privilege to be here at Christ Church at Grove Farm this morning. My name's Matt Geppert, Pastor Matt Geppert, and this is my first time here. I tell you, I've, thank you very much. Thank you. I, it, it's, uh, it's exciting for me to be in a place that I believe God is moving so powerfully through, to be in a house that I believe the Lord is really blessing at this time. How do I know that? How can I say that? How could I be so bold to make that statement? I have never in my life entered into a church foyer and seen listed around me each and every name of the unreached people groups on the earth. This was a first for me. And I was blessed to see here at Christ Church that you have heard from the Lord to embrace one of these unreached people groups. So when you walked in this morning, if you were here this morning, or if you're watching on the live stream, perhaps you've, you've seen this name coming through at home, the Khmer, K-H-M-E-R, the Khmer people group. This is the people group that we here at the church have adopted. And if you are here today, I want to encourage you, please grab one of these magnets, one of these buttons on your way out. But many of you might be wondering, who on earth are the Khmer? What is the Khmer? Well, congratulations. I'm here to tell you all about that today. Uh, But uh, first, before we get into that, I I just want to say thank you to friends that are here at at Christ Church, and particularly Pastor Craig and and my dear friend Kathy, who has stood in the gap for missions and for prayer and and many others here at the church. I want to thank you uh, for all that you do. My name is Pastor Matt Geppert. I'm the president. I serve as the president of the Southeast Asia Prayer Center, where we believe that we will witness a world connected through prayer that brings Christ-based change to those in need. Right now, the Southeast Asia Prayer Center is mobilizing prayer and gathering people to pray in 122 different countries. Of those 122, 27 nations have made it to a point through a process of prayer where we're now meeting the education, we're meeting the healthcare, the parenting, the economic needs of the people in those nations. And the ultimate goal is harvest in all of this. Six of those 27 nations, we're now witnessing what we see as harvest, national change in government, national revival, new life in those nations. I want to tell you a little bit more about that, but I talk, I I think about introductions and titles and the title president and the title, all these offices. I think the best title that I could have in getting to know you is friend. I think that this is the best title that we could carry in our lives, friend. It was Jesus who said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friend. He went further to explain to us what friendship means, what it means to be a friend of Jesus. 
He said, friends are those who lay down their lives for each other. This is friendship. We're not talking about Facebook friends here, guys. This is true friendship that we would lay down our lives for one another. And I want to talk about friendship. But before I do that, let's pray. Father, I give you praise. Lord, I thank you for your hand upon us for good, for your direction in our lives. Lord, we do thank you for the blessings that you have given us. Father, I thank you for the mighty work that you're doing in this nation at this time. Lord, further in this church that you've privileged me with the opportunity to share your word with. And Lord, as I turn to do that now, I ask that you would open my heart and open our hearts to receive your word. Father, that you would help me to share your words here this morning. And ultimately, that you would be glorified, that you would be praised. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this church. In Jesus' name, amen. So friendship, friendship. I guess the big question for us then is this. We know certainly that Jesus is our friend. That's his commitment. He did lay down his life for us. The question is, are we his? Are we his friend? What does a friend do for each other? Well, scripture says we lay down our lives for one another. But friends are those further. Friends are those that do the things that your other friends ask you to do. I'm sure many of you, like me, you get those crazy calls from friends. Hey, I need help. Can you help me with this? And then you think through the friendship and the relationship. Hmm, do I want to help this person? Do I want to lay down a portion of my life to reach out and help that individual? Are we truly friends? And then you make a sacrifice to step out to meet their needs or help them however it is. Jesus asked us clearly to do two things. And we'll get into those things in a little bit. The, 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 the first thing that he asked us to do is pray. If we're a friend of Jesus Christ, then we'll do the things he asked us to do, right? So he asked us to pray, pray, pray. I'm blessed of the reports that I'm hearing from this church, how we're setting our time aside, our days aside, to truly pray to come back to a posture of prayer, to give our time to pray, to learn and understand what is prayer and how do we do it. I've heard reports that more than 100 of you are gathering on Wednesday nights here at the church to pray. Guys, that's amazing. That's significant. That's being a friend of Jesus. That's following in what he asked us to do. I want to tell you a little bit about the Khmer people and about prayer. You see, a, a friend of Christ prays. And what we're called to do is pray. So first, we go out and we pray. In the ministry that I serve, the Southeast Asia Prayer Center, we believe that we must plow the ground in prayer first. Plow the ground in prayer first. This is what God called us to do. Clearly in Luke chapter 10, Jesus says to his disciples, those that are following him, go out before the places where I will go and pray. He said, behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. And he told them how to pray. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers out into the field. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are you. Oh, wait, 
He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. See, I get that mixed up all the time. We are all workers in this, friends, and we'll get into that portion in a bit. The Khmer people. In 1994, my father heard from the Lord to go and walk and pray in the nation of Cambodia. This is where the Khmer people come from. And he was obedient, and he went and, and walked there to pray. Now, at that time, Cambodia was in, in the midst of a, a, a terrible civil war. Many of you might remember the killing fields or hearing about Pol Pot and the millions that were being massacred across that nation. In 1994, when my father went to walk and pray, that war was still waging on, raging on. And, and he, he made the decision that he would be obedient. And by faith, he would walk across the northern portion of that nation. He, he walked from a place called Poipet on the border with Thailand, down into Siem Reap, on muddy roads where war was on either side. The Khmer Rouge, if you've heard that name, were, were attacking another nationalist movement that was on the rise and, and there was civil war and it, it was terrible. My father said that as he walked that ground, he prayed one simple prayer. Jesus, let me witness a generation that rises from the killing fields through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that will change this nation. A simple prayer. He prayed it over and over and over as he walked down that road. Later, he would return to Cambodia and, and meet a man of peace, a pastor there, and a friendship was born. And uh, he began to mentor this pastor and speak God's words of life to this pastor. Over time, the pastor started to bring in orphan and abandoned children from off the streets. One of the terrible effects of civil war, of all wars, are these children are left abandoned. And we as a family embraced those children and made it a priority in our home. I can remember as a teenager, before we would feed ourselves or consume in our household, we would set aside the portion to go to those orphan and abandoned children to make sure that they could eat and have a future. In 2007, my dad was there walking and praying in Cambodia, and I, he asked the friend, he said, hey, is there any chance we could meet with the, the minister of education for the nation? And the friend, the local friend, Pastor Sinai is his name, he said, Pastor Mark, you can't just meet the head of education in this nation. There's no chance. He said, well, I'll pray, you pray, let's give it a shot, let's see if it works. So my friend Pastor Sinai contacted the office and said, hey, there's a Westerner here, an American here who would like to meet you. And I know you probably don't have time, but could it happen possibly? And sure enough, the office called back and said, let's meet tomorrow. So Pastor Sinai, as he shared with me, he was scared. He was freaked out. What do I do? How do I, what do we do? So anyways, they, they, they got the meeting together. They made it to the meeting. They got into this place. And uh, Eam Sethi was the minister of education at that time. And in this meeting environment, my father asked him if he could bring Christian scouting. He, at that time, my dad was the international chaplain for Girls Brigade, UK-based scouting system, similar to our Boys and Girls Scouting. And he said, he said no. So my dad was thinking, well, what am I doing here? And he said, actually, he responded, actually, 
would you please adopt a small village in the northern part of Cambodia, adopt the schools in that village? I said, adopt, what does adopt mean? He said, well, help with teacher subsidies and facility development. Help with these, this situation. He said, why? He said, Imseti replied to him, our rural population and our urban population are similar in size. However, our urban population is receiving education rapidly, but our rural population is receiving barely any. And we're building ourselves towards another civil war. My father agreed on one condition, that we would be able to use our own curriculum that comes from the Word of God, and that we would be able to, be, to pray in those schools in that village. He agreed. Imseti agreed. So that started us on a journey. Eight public schools, 4,000 students, 173 teachers in Bante Midche, Cambodia, way out in Rongko Village. This is, guys, this is the ends of the earth here. And we started bringing a Christ-based curriculum for mathematics and for science and for English. And we started with the Lord's Prayer. And God was so ahead of us because we had already plowed in prayer that when we met with those schools, the superintendent of the school, Mr. Bunhang is his name, he's a dear friend, received prayer and was miraculously healed in his spine. After that healing, he became the evangelist. He became the local minister. He led all 173 teachers to Jesus Christ. Further, he instituted the Lord's Prayer in these public schools. Eight schools, 4,000 students, 173 teachers, starting the day every day with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In a short period of time, those schools were ranked number one in the nation for mathematics and science. The government brought us in. They sat us down. They said, what's going on up here in Runco? This doesn't make any sense. These people have nothing. How can they be ranked number one? And we said, oh, well, we have this wonderful curriculum. Actually, guys, I, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I graduated from Riverview High School, and my principal loves the Lord. When he retired, he brought our curriculum over and instituted it from Riverview, of course, with the compliments of the Word of God, which, which actually made this thing succeed. And we were sharing about the curriculum, but our local brother said, no, 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 that's great, but we have this Jesus and the government said, we have to see this. They came and they gave us a national award for changing this local population. And before they could give us this award, they, they brought in General Ki Kim Yan, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces, the deputy prime minister of all of Cambodia, the actual man who drove out Pol Pot and ended the civil war to give us this award. And before this man could stand up to speak, my father, as bold as he is, on this ceremonious day where they were giving us this award. Now picture this, guys. All of our students are in the field watching us receive this award. 4,000 students plus their families, probably 10,000 people in this field on the campus where the Lord provided for this miracle to occur. And before the general could give us this award, my father, as bold as he is, ran up to the pulpit broke all of the cultural laws. Everyone was a little bit nervous, including myself. I was sitting there on the stage. He came to the pulpit and he looked out. When he reached there, Pastor Sinai rushed to his side to interpret for him. And he looked out on the, on the crowd filled with our students. And he said to them, if you are here today and you believe that through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, 
A generation will emerge to change this nation. Say, I believe. And 10,000 villagers said, I believe. He said, please say it again. I believe. They said, I believe. He got them into a, a, a chant. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to change a nation. And they rose to their feet, making this declaration. My father stopped, he turned, and he looked to the general. And then he went back to his seat. Now the general has to follow him to speak. And he's a politician. He had just seen all of his people united in one thing. So the general came to the stage and he kept looking back at us, sort of lost at what had just happened. And he made this statement. This is a good thing. He said, these are Christian people. Then he said, our government is partnered with this group to bring education to our nation. Now for you and I, wow, that's amazing. Guys, if you're Khmer and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, all of the guns have just aligned on your side. After that moment, we met together with this General Kikimyan, and he said, would you be willing to take this program and expand it from eight public schools to 488 public schools, to every public school in this entire province. From there, could we consider taking this program nationwide? On that day, the program that I was serving with my life grew from 4,000 students to 126,000 students. Friends, today, now it's 150 Thousand students, Khmer students, are starting their school day with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. I shared that testimony. And many people afterwards will come to me and say, Matthew, I'd love to see that in America. And they'll say, I don't know if it could happen. And I'll say, if it can happen in a communist, Buddhist nation, have faith, I believe we'll witness this again in our nation. Friends of Jesus, pray. That whole story began with a walk in prayer. At Christ Church right now, we're being drawn in by the Lord to pray. Are we a friend of Jesus? Are we praying? My favorite prayer that Jesus prayed was this. It's, it's uh, Father, if it be in your will, take this cup from me. Have you prayed one of those prayers this year? My goodness, this year that we faced in America... Father, if it be in your will, remove this cup from me. This was prayed to a father from a son bleeding in a garden through prayer before he would face the cross. But the follow-up portion to this prayer is the prayer of power that moves us into a position to bring real change to the earth. He said, nevertheless, 
Not my will, but your will be done. If we're friends of Jesus, we're praying this prayer. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This great exchange where we lay down our lives and our will for the greater will. This is that portion of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the Mark 4 scripture that was read for us in in speaking of the harvest, it's very clear how the kingdom of God is described. We plow in prayer. We sow seeds in the word of God. He brings the water. He's the Lord of the harvest. Our part is to plow in prayer first. The second question, if we're friends of Jesus, the second question is, if we're a friend of Jesus, are we going? This is the second thing he asked us to do. First, to pray. Second, to go. Make no mistake, we are all asked to go. Go ye therefore in all the earth, preaching the gospel and making disciples of men. Go, he said, go, go. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Brother, he says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. My dad always said when I was growing up, no go, no low. Very simple. If we don't go, how can we expect the low? Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. No go, no low. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The things of heaven made real on the earth around us. In heaven, I don't see racism. In heaven, we don't see poverty. In heaven, there's total health. In heaven, we don't have identity issues. We know who we are. Friends, I believe that as we go out with joy and are led forth with peace into the various capacities that God calls us into, the things of heaven are made real around us. You might be asking to yourself, where am I to go? If I'm to go, where am I to go? We plow in prayer. We sow these seeds in the context of the Word of God. As we pray and walk, the Lord brings us into sovereign relationship, right relationship with men and women of peace. And in those relationships, we sow His Word. We sow His Word. Make no mistake, it's the Word of God that transforms lives. It's the Word of God that transforms nations. Often in missions, we come running into a new situation, a new invitation, a new opportunity, and we bring all the resources we have, all of the cash and the people, and we throw it in. And we expect transformational change to follow the resource. Oh, have I messed that one up? Confession time. I've messed that one up. Have you messed that one up? You see, we haven't taken the time to plow it in prayer. We haven't taken the time to sow the words of God into the people that he's brought to us. In in Cambodia amongst the Khmer, it took a lot of time and prayer. 
a lot of time in sowing into Pastor Sinai and the other pastors that were being raised up. Then the Lord of the harvest has brought the water to build the schools, to bring the curriculum, to resource the ministry, to build the homes for orphaned and abandoned children. I tell you, a nation is changing. So you might be wondering, where am I called to go? Not all of you are called to to come with me to Cambodia to walk amongst the Khmer. Those of you who are, we have a bus outside. After the service, we'll go straight to the airport and off we go. Joking, joking. Some of you will be called. Some of you are called to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I thank God for you. I have two boys living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. One's 10, the other one is eight, coming to eight. And they're desperate for you to go on these streets praying and bringing the word of God. They're desperate. And I need, we need you to go. Some of you will be called on a national level. And this is what they, we, we read about in Acts 1.8. Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The point is, we need to pray. And we need to go where God's called us to go. If you're called to Pittsburgh, please don't come to Cambodia. I love you. If you're called to Cambodia, please don't stay in Pittsburgh. Let's go. Either way, we have to go. My challenge this morning is, are we friends of Jesus? How do we make room for the glory of God to to be made real within us? See, I believe that we'll witness a world where the nations are connected through prayer and the glory of God is made manifest to change the world around us. The glory of God is all of his goodness and all of his compassion. How will the glory of God fill the earth when we take it there? We are the carriers of the glory of God as we're friends with Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this house that you've set apart for great works. Father, I ask that as we submit ourselves to be drawn into your spirit and we plow in prayer in this house, Lord, that you work within us in the way that you must. Father, that the things that we say are ours, we surrender to you. That our will becomes your will in these days. That we surrender all you've called us to for your goodness in our lives. And Lord, I ask that as you prepare our hearts and prepare us to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Lord, that you would show us clearly the way to go, the people to meet. And Father, that you would further fill us with your great seeds, your words to transform lives and transformations. Bless this house, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much for having me. What a joy it is to be here this morning and to meet you all. God bless you.